Hey guys, it's Carly. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Okay, so as you can tell, Jade is not here with us this episode. Hannah is out running a million Christmas errands and Jade has three kids to take care of. So it's me today. Welcome. And guess what? I have our fun producer, Sarah, with us. Sarah, your sister just had a baby. Yes, the same day as Jade. That is a wild. I know. Isn't that crazy? How does it feel being an auntie? Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I This is the first baby like of my generation, so it's my <gasps> first nephew and I oh my gosh, I just want to like hold him all the time. I wish I lived with him. <laughs> oh. So were you just like on pins and needles like when she went to the hospital? Yes. And obviously with COVID, her husband, my brother-in-law was the only one that could be there. Mm -hmm. But luckily, my brother-in-law's mom is a labor and delivery nurse at the hospital where my sister gave birth. So she was there. and That's awesome. Yeah, it was really sweet. Um, It kind of made us all feel calm. But for us at home, we were kind of just getting random texts from my brother-in-law and that's all we knew. And so when she was being rushed into an emergency C-section. It was a little hard for us to gauge the severity of the situation. But yeah, it all worked out. And they're, he's the cutest little thing ever. Oh my gosh. Uh, a first Christmas. I know. I know. I was actually going to ask you. I don't know. Like, do I get him gifts? I ordered him the cutest little like overalls off Amazon, but he can't do anything. <gasps> overalls are the cutest. <laughs> I mean, you know what's funny is I would just get him something like maybe a, you know, a bear or something that says like my yeah. first Christmas that he could like always keep. Oh, well, I mean, I know boys idea. are different than girls, yeah. but I feel like those gifts are really sweet. So you could put it in like a keepsake box and just like, you know. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I'm going to do that. That's what I would do anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he can't really do much but poop and cry anyways. Uh That's okay. But I mean, Charlie doesn't do much but poop and cry. So (laughs) (laughs) That's just really all babies do. Well, one thing that's exciting actually about this episode is I know that you didn't tell a lot of your sister's birth story, but we need her to come on and tell her birth story. I know. I keep telling her to do that. Tell her to come on. But we are having a birth story podcast today, and a few of our listeners actually called in and told their birth stories. And uh, you have heard these. I have not heard them yet. I'm so excited. I love doing these episodes where we feel like we're like super connected to our listeners because like the question and answers, we actually get to talk to you. And right now, like we actually get to hear our listeners' birth stories. Like, That is really super cool. So I'm so excited to get into that. But I do want to talk. Christmas is coming up. I mean, what, in two days? Is that right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We made it, by the way. (laughs) I know. 2020 is almost done. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. (laughs) Do you guys have any, like, Christmas traditions that you're, like, trying to keep going, even though we're all, you know, obviously social distancing and Zooming our Christmases instead? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously, Christmas is super different this year, but I have a bunch of siblings. And so we're all just going to be like my immediate family at my parents' house. And then it's our first Christmas with a baby. So it's kind of new anyways. So we're going to see, obviously, we can't see like my grandma or my cousins, but we're going to do a FaceTime and all that. But I'm excited about the baby. And he has like little Christmas onesies and stuff. Oh my gosh. 
That's so cute. I saved like a few. Well, I actually saved all Bella's clothes so that if my brother and his wife ever have a kid, I'm saving both clothes, but um, they'll have a ton of girl clothes. But I did save Bella's first Christmas outfit. And and we pulled it out the other day and I was like, oh my gosh. It's just like one of those things that just gets your heart. Yeah. It's so sweet. Gosh, I remember when she was so young. It's crazy like how fast they grow. The first like two weeks of his life, I was home and I was with my sister all the time. And every day I went over, I felt like he looked different. Totally. And babies grow. I mean, gosh, kids grow so fast. But I feel like baby stages, they fly by. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, wait, when, when did you turn three months old? Like, I feel like. <laughs> You were just born. It's really, really weird. I mean, Bella's third birthday is in February. I'm trying to even figure out what we're going to do for it. She keeps saying she wants a flower birthday, which I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, so want, she's like, I want a cake that's a flower. I'm like, okay. But I can't believe she's going to be three. Like, I just don't understand where these years have gone. That is crazy. But also this year, it was just a weird year anyway. So it's almost like this year doesn't count. I feel right. bad. I'm like, I feel like a year of my children's lives was just like not normal. It was yeah. just like stolen from them. They're at a good age though. Like I don't think they'll, they won't remember this is like a scary year. It'll just be whatever. It'll just be a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't remember it be like at that, all anyway. That year we just played inside, which is what we were going to do anyways. <laughs> right. Do you, I remember, I think it was like maybe in the last episode or the episode before that or something, but I know Jade said that her first memories were like, do you remember your first memory? I can't really pinpoint a memory, like my first memory, but when I was younger, we had an upstate house that they sold when I was three. And I remember one time my sister and I were talking about the layout and somehow I knew the whole layout of the house. Like I knew where the kitchen was and the dining room. Interesting. And yeah, my sister was like, how do you know where all that is? Because they sold it when I was three. Wow. Maybe that's my so first memory. you do memory. remember far back. Yeah, but yeah. I don't have like vivid memories of my childhood. <laughs> I, I don't either. I need to ask my mom, like, ask me, like, what were we doing when I was three? <laughs> no clue. It's <laughs> like, I don't know. I just think it's so crazy. Is Bella actually going to remember this year? Is she going to remember even a piece of this year? I'm sure somebody out there right now is going, actually knows this information on when people like actually start <laughs> to remember things. They're like yelling at the radio yeah do people listen to the radio their phones I mean, where, <laughs> where are you guys listening some people do plug it into their car i when i listen to a podcast i want to like focus yeah. on the podcast and the only time i can focus is like in the car like if i played a podcast that was just on the sono system in the house like yeah <laughs> just be like i'd be like what did they say yeah and then that's when it's like sensory overload and there's so much going on and you're like what the heck is going on? Oh my gosh, totally. Well, Christmas around here is already starting to be funny because Christmas gifts are starting to arrive. Like yesterday, a package arrived. It was an Amazon package. So I just thought it was something that I had ordered. And so I opened it and it was a gift for Bella for my brother and sister-in-law. And I was like, oh crud. And Bella was standing there with me. She's like, what is it, mom? I'm like, well, you can't have this yet. <laughs> and she's like, why not? She goes, who's it for? I was like, you. And she's like, why can't I have it? I was like, it's a Christmas gift. And she's like, but I want it. And I was just sitting there going, oh my gosh, like, why did I have to open this? <laughs> this is so stupid. And kids just don't understand. So then, you know, she calls my my mom and she's like, Grandma, I got a Christmas gift. Mommy won't give it to me. <laughs> like, like, 
I'm a, the bad guy now. I mean, kids say the darndest thing, but it was just, it was so funny to be standing there with her and being like, no, you can't have it. I was like, Christmas is really exciting though, because one thing that's great about Christmas is the anticipation and being patient. For, for yeah. Waiting. She's like, okay, mom, <laughs> that is not a great part about Christmas. <laughs> uh, but Anyway, I'm I'm getting excited. I feel like I've finally stopped buying things. Oh my so gosh, that's, I, I feel like I actually do have presents stashed everywhere around this house. So I feel like I feel like I'm actually lucky. Bella's birthday is like kind of around the corner of Christmas because I know I'm gonna be finding things when I start putting more stuff away. That I'm like, oh my gosh, there's her like tea set. Whoops, I forgot that was in this closet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's for sure going to be. I don't know how you do it because I've talked about before on this podcast that I have two kittens and I just want to buy them so many toys. I can't imagine if I had a kid. I feel like I would just want to buy them everything. (laughs) I know. It's sometimes I'm really good at like stopping myself from buying things and other times I'm just like, man, 2020 has been a rough year. Like, she hasn't gone to the park. She hasn't, yeah. you know, there was a lot of things we were going to do this year. I was going to sign her up for like gymnastics and she hasn't gotten to do much. So this is, we're just going to go, I mean, we're not going to go huge, but right. you know, she's going to get like 10 presents instead of like four <laughs> and yeah. I'm not going to feel bad about it. No. <laughs> so it'll be a fun Christmas. I think. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, it's Christmas like... Christmas is always good to look forward to. Yeah, we deserve some cheer. I've been kind of pushing Christmas for... I'm usually a, after Thanksgiving, I can start Christmas, but I started early because I was like, you know what? I need some cheer this year. I'm going to start listening totally. to Christmas music in October. <laughs> oh, yeah. I even sang... I think I on my Instagram in July, I sang a Christmas song because, you know, Christmas in July. Yeah. I was trying to cheer people up and... Some people were like, it is too early. I'm like, too early for Christmas cheer? It's never too early to feel joyful. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's like instant joy too when I hear Christmas music. I totally agree. I know I've been singing uh, a lot more on my Instagram lately and Christmas is my favorite time of... I mean, I love Christmas music. Like, I love it. Yeah. So I've been singing more lately and that's been kind of fun because, you know, during the year you have to be like, okay, maybe it's like... What should I sing this week? Maybe it's like country music week, but yeah. Christmas it's like, oh, December, I can sing whatever Christmas song I want because there's a million. It's universal. Everybody loves Christmas music. Totally, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I hope everybody out there has just the best holiday season that there's ever been because honestly, 2020 has been rough. So let's just all have positive holiday vibes. That's what I say. I feel like I have been anticipating this podcast for so long because we have actually said for a while we were going to do a birth story podcast. So I'm super excited to hear these birth stories. So shall we take a quick break and then come back and hear our first listener birth story? Yes, I'm so excited. Okay, let's do it. Okay, guys, our first birth story is from Stephanie. She had a relatively normal birth at first, but then things got a little crazy. So let's hear Stephanie's story. I'm Steph. I'm from Golden, Colorado. I have a 15-month-old daughter named Amelia. My birth story started off what I would guess I would say is normal. Um, I don't know you know, what normal is for other women. I think every experience is unique, but I went into labor at 
37 and a half weeks. And once I got into the hospital, that's where things kind of went a little awry. But my water broke at 37 and a half weeks. Uh, I woke my husband up. We were kind of calm about it. We both took showers, walked the dog, and then went to the hospital. When we got to the hospital, they checked to make sure that my water had in fact broke. Once they had that confirmed, then they checked us in for labor and delivery. The whole labor process, I have a recollection of being very, I guess, serene and enjoyable, if that can be a thing. I had a few complications during the actual labor piece, so I I was not progressing in my contractions, so they had to give me Pitocin. And my epidural as well was not fully kicking in. Uh, So the whole labor process, I could feel my contractions on the lower left-hand side of my body. It wasn't terrible. It was fairly manageable, but it was just kind of a blip in the whole process. We gave birth in a hospital, and it was just myself, the nurse, and my husband. Um, So when it was time to actually push, I didn't think I wanted playlist, but uh, I don't know a lot of women choose a playlist, but I actually did end up having my husband turn on a playlist I had made for my birthday that past year. And it included like 90s and 2000s pop and R&B. So (laughs) it kind of lightened the mood as we were beginning to do the pushing. So as we started to push, everything was going well. The nurse then went to go get the doctor. And that's kind of where everything took that turn. Once I pushed my daughter out, the uh, cord was actually wrapped around her neck twice. So they had to quickly unwrap the cord from her. She wasn't breathing. And what felt like within a matter of seconds, they actually had like a SWAT team of nurses to help start to resuscitate her. I was a little unaware of, I guess, the severity of it or what was going on. But one of the nurses brought my husband over to me who was watching everything. I kind of remember looking at his face and he just looked gray and teary-eyed. And I, I could sense that, you know, something was really wrong. Thankfully, they got her breathing. They set her on my chest, which felt like for 30 seconds most, before they had to cart her off to the NICU to get test, make sure, you know, do an x-ray, make sure there was nothing wrong with her, no damage. And the nurse asked me, you know, do you want your husband to stay with you or go with your daughter? So I sent him to the NICU with my daughter. Meanwhile, while all of this was taking place, I had not delivered my placenta. It was actually still attached. So the doctor then had to kind of bark orders and get some of the nurses out of the room so that she could try to get my placenta out. I have this awfully vivid image of the doctor's arm elbow deep (laughs) in my uterus as she's tugging my placenta. I still had my pain meds, but I could feel a lot of pressure down there. Once she got it out, then there was still tissue that had to be removed to, you know, ensure there was no infections or anything. So they actually had to perform a little bit of a DNC on me where they came in and removed the tissue internally. And at this point, my, my drugs were really starting to wear off. And I guess during the whole time, I was losing a lot of blood. So my husband had told me that while he was in the NICU, he heard over the intercom that there was a code white, which is essentially you know patient hemorrhaging blood in our room. And the nurse came up to him and said, you know, 
I need to take you from your daughter. I need to go have you be with your wife. And he said that when he walked in, it was just a war zone. Uh, he said there was just blood on the doctors, on the floors, on the nurses. He said it was really a traumatic view for him. And that's why I think this story is kind of unique because it has a lot to do with how he came through it. Um, so I'd started to lose all of the blood. Thankfully, I didn't have to have a blood transfusion, but I do remember just vaguely laying there and the room spinning, starting to get dark. They had to give me oxygen. And I remember him coming and holding my hand. At that point, I do remember getting the stitches because my epidural was basically worn off at that point. But between that point and what happened after, it was such a blur. I don't really remember a whole lot. Um, the next thing I remember was uh, waking up and they were bringing my daughter back into the room to, to finally do skin to skin. They laid her on my chest and I think they let us sleep for about an hour. But in the end of it, I mean, everything was, you know, our daughter's healthy. She's normal. I healed up really well. But when people ask about our birth or we tell the birth story, I often get the reaction, you know, oh my gosh, what a traumatic birth you had. And I think for me, I remember a lot of the good parts of it, how we had very calm, you know, labor piece of it, you know, the ambiance in the room, the music, and a lot of the things that happened after, I was just so out of it that I didn't really realize the severity of it. But for my husband, I think it was really traumatic for him when we would tell people the story of her not breathing, of me losing blood. You know, he would get teary-eyed, had a hard time talking about it. And we've talked a lot about, you know, are we going to have another child? Uh, we haven't decided yet, but I think for him, some of that that he had to witness is in the back of his mind and a little bit scary to think about having another child. Our doctors have talked to us about it. And if we ever did, you know, they said we could have a C-section to avoid challenge of the cord being wrapped around neck or anything like that. But again, for me, it was I had this positive memory of my birth experience, despite all of the craziness of it. You know, I remember her laying on my chest, but again, for my husband, the poor guy, he just seems kind of scarred from it. In the end, everything worked out, but it was definitely a traumatic and a little bit of a wild, I think I was in labor for about 27 hours before I gave birth. So that's really the full story. Oh my gosh. You know, it's so crazy about that is she's right you don't often think about the man's perspective yeah. really you know like walking back into a room seeing your wife laying there with blood everywhere and you know and then she said she came too so she obviously passed out so he's already like completely freaked out because his child wasn't breathing and then he can breathe a sigh of relief because they got the child under control and then walks back into that with his wife, especially just hearing, even hearing on the intercom that there's yeah. a code in your wife's room. Like, Oh my God. That is a lot. It gives me chills. But also like, I mean, how, how interesting though, that she really remembers the good, like that. What a blessing yeah. that that is her memory of her birth. So, 
that when she goes and you know if she, if they do have another kid she she doesn't seem really traumatized by the situation like it seems like it's more him being like oh my gosh that was like a lot and her being like well i remember laying on my chest and that was so sweet and Man, that was a lot. I know. It was really intense. And I just want to say, I mean, obviously we're in the podcasting industry, but for Stephanie to, you know, come on to a podcast that reaches so many people and share her story, I think is super brave. And I'm really happy that she did that. And I'm so happy that like we got the experience to hear from her and I got to talk to her a little when I was recording it. And It's just so interesting to hear kind of real women telling their stories and how so many, so almost like everyone has something crazy that's happened to them like that. Oh, yeah. there. I feel like in every birth, there's like one thing that's like, what does she call it? A blip or something like that. There's always like a little blip. Actually, when Bella came out, she wasn't breathing either. And, you know, it's so crazy because when a baby comes out of you, you're almost like, oh, my gosh, it's out like this instant relief. And then I didn't know. And lots of women don't really know what to expect. Like, I know in movies, it's like, oh, the baby's not crying or whatever. But you're not thinking that. You're just really not thinking that. And I, Bella had the cord wrapped around. So he unwrapped the cord and she wasn't breathing. And she was pretty, she was pretty blue. Oh, wow. And so he started like, he like turned her over and started rubbing her back. And he goes, you are so strong. You are so strong. Like, I'll never forget it. And then she started crying. But in that moment when he was saying that stuff to her, I I wasn't panicked because I didn't think, I didn't think like, oh, she has a cord wrapped around her neck. She wasn't crying. So I wasn't thinking that. I was just like, oh my gosh, the baby's out. And like, that's where yeah. my brain was. And it wasn't till later that I was like, wait, that was really, that was really scary. Like, but why wasn't I fearful in that moment? Maybe in that moment, I just thought he had it under control. Yeah. Um, but I actually can't imagine the baby coming out and then having the fear associated with that. Like, oh my gosh, he's unwrapping. Oh, she's not breathing. Oh, that like, because I had the same experience, but I, I guess I just wasn't thinking. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like she was similar to what you were just saying. She didn't realize the severity of it because I guess you're just in such a haze almost that you it is it's such a haze yeah you're just kind of like watching these people like walk around and do these things your baby came out and then oh what are they doing out there it's almost like you're in a cloud yeah i mean as someone who's never had a child but i do plan to god willing have kids i just feel like these stories aren't meant to scare women i think for me actually as someone who's looking to have children it actually kind of shows me how these things can happen and we can overcome them so quickly yeah like doctors and modern medicine and how resilient our own bodies are and babies oh totally i mean babies are fighters and also i wonder how often which i know someone's probably also like oh i know the answer to this but how often a baby does come out with a cord wrapped around a neck yeah because you hear that you actually do hear that quite often my baby had the cord wrapped around her neck doctors are so they've done it you know so many times yeah so don't let that scare you. It happened to me. Bella was fine. It they're happened prepared. To <laughs> yeah, they're prepared. But yeah, thank you, Stephanie, for coming on and sharing your story with us. That was that was very brave of you. And I just so thankful you guys are calling and doing this because this is like so super cool. <laughs> Shall we take a break and then come back and hear from our next listener, Macy? Yes. All right, let's do it. 
Okay, so our second birth story is from Macy. She did something I've always thought about doing with her third child. She didn't know the gender until they were born, which like terrifies me, but it also like is super exhilarating. Okay, so here is Macy's story. My name is Macy and I'm from Idaho Falls, Idaho. I have three kids now. I have a five-year-old little boy and a three-year-old girl. And now we have an eight-week-old. So when we found out we were pregnant with our third baby, because we already had a boy and a girl, we decided that we were going to wait to find out the gender of this baby. So when I told people and all my friends, they thought I was crazy because they were like, why would you, why would you do that? It just made it exciting. And honestly, I didn't care either way, whether it was a boy or a girl. And it just felt like the perfect opportunity to do something like this. So we did it. And the hardest part about not knowing the gender, I think, was going to each of my doctor's appointments. I felt like I had to tell them every time, I don't want to know the gender. I just want to make sure you don't tell me the gender because we did get ultrasounds and I was so afraid because I've heard horror stories of people telling me that, you know, they went to their doctor's appointment and they accidentally said like, oh, how's he doing today? Or how is, how is she moving? Or so I was terrified that someone was going to say something like that. And I felt like that was the worst way possible to find out the gender of your baby was by someone just like slipping it out of their mouth casually at a doctor's appointment. So every time I would go to my doctor's appointments, I felt like I was having to ask them every time I was at an appointment, just, just remember, I, I don't know the gender. <laughs> my husband thought we were having a boy. He was pretty sure we were having a boy. And my kids, this is the funny part. My kids both thought they were having a brother. Like 100%, I told them I was pregnant. My little boy was like, I can't wait for my brother. This is going to be great. And they named him, they named him George. So my whole pregnancy, we're calling this sweet little baby George. And not like I was, you know, that wasn't really one of the names on my list. But my son was like dead set on having this brother named George. In my heart, my intuition, which both of my first two, I I was right. I I thought I was having a boy with my first and a girl with my second, and I was right. And I felt like I was having a girl. But my pregnancy was just really, really different this time around than it was with the other two. So I was induced at 39 weeks and three days. I've been induced with all of my babies, and I chose to be induced again, which I know some people don't agree with and it just seemed to work out good for me it was what I was familiar with and what I felt the most comfortable with anyways we went in at six in the morning and I was all hooked up a few hours in got an epidural I didn't want to feel any pain because <laughs> I'm a baby like that and so I got the epidural they broke my water I had been in labor for 13 hours before I finally was at a 10 and I was able to start pushing. And with my other two, I pushed for 20 minutes and they came right out and it was just, you know, pretty easy going, no complications, nothing scary. 
So I just honestly figured that was what was going to happen with this baby. I had a nurse ready to take a video of me having the baby so my reaction could be recorded. Started pushing. I pushed twice, I think, with the nurse in the room. And the doctor hadn't come in yet. And so I pushed twice. And she looked at me and she said, oh, I think this is going to going to take a while. Like the baby's not coming down like I thought she might when you're pushing. So I'll go grab your doctor and we'll just see what he thinks. So she went and grabbed the doctor and I pushed one time and I could tell on his face like something was weird. And so I said, am I not pushing right? Is something wrong? Like, is it something I'm doing? Because I can't feel anything because I had an epidural and he he said, no, it's nothing that you're doing. Your baby's just completely stuck behind your pelvic bone. And the head of the baby is just, it's not going anywhere. It's just staying stuck behind that bone. And every time I would push, her heart rate would drop. And, you know, I, by the time the doctor got in, it had almost been 30 minutes of pushing. And then I started, I pushed for another 30 minutes with him in the room. So at that point I had been pushing for an hour and I had been in labor for 13 hours. He at one point kind of reached his hands up in there and tried to pull the head out himself, trying to get it around that bone. And he couldn't do it that way. It just nothing, nothing was working. And he took his gloves off and he sat down in his chair. And at that point I was just totally defeated. The nurse was still having me push and he's sitting there with his gloves off. And so I knew I'm like, he has given, he's given up on me. Why am I still, what, why am I still pushing? Why am I still trying? He's not even ready to catch the baby. So he finally stood up and he said, okay, we really need to start talking about options because every time you're pushing, the heart rate's going down and it's kind of getting scarier and scarier. And pretty soon we're going to have to rush you in for an emergency C-section. And so he told me that we could either do a, a C-section right then and there, just leave the room and go right in for a C-section or we could try the vacuum or forceps. And I know the vacuum and forceps are things I've heard of before and things that people have to do. I've heard of people using them, but I never thought it'd be something I would have to do because I had had two babies before. I thought everything was just going to go how it did with the other two. I don't know why, because all pregnancies and labors are unique and different, but I just figured it would go the same. We decided to go ahead and do the vacuum and what it is is it's just a little like it looks like a plunger they stick it on the end of their head it's like a little suction cup and then they crank this little lever type thing and if it pops it will only suction so hard and so it doesn't hurt their heads and so he told me he would try it twice and if it popped off both times we just have to go right in for the c-section so he did it once and it popped off instantly like it didn't even it didn't move the baby at all and so at that point I'm freaking out and then he decided to try it one more time and he did it and the baby came right out I pushed one time after that and 
the baby was out. And at that point, I mean, I didn't know the gender of the baby, which I thought, you know, that would be the best part of my labor was just seeing the baby and finding out the gender. But at that point, I no longer even cared what the baby was. I just was so happy that things worked out and my baby was here, but he held the baby up and my husband was supposed to announce what we were having. (laughs) And he was just kind of a little out of it because of everything that had gone on. He's like totally kind of numb to the world at that point. And so I looked at the baby and I had a direct shot. It was a girl. (laughs) It was seriously one of the coolest moments of my life. And if I ever have another baby, I would totally do it again. It was worth the wait. It was, you know, it's a long nine months. It's not for everyone, but it just made the experience different. She did have a little bit of a cone head and she actually still has like a, it's called a hematoma up on her head. It's a bump. It almost looks like a goose egg on her head that she's had since she was born. And they said eventually it will just go away, but she has it because of the vacuum. I guess I will just add that I am so excited to be a part of the podcast because I have been listening to this podcast Since the beginning, I've watched The Bachelor religiously for years, so I've seen Carly and Jade. So excited to be a part of this, and I think it's so cool that they're moms now and that they are just helping other moms get through life because being a mom is hard, and it's a lot of work, and it takes a village, that's for sure. So especially now that I have three, it is chaos. So listening to the podcast helps calm me down, helps me feel like I'm not so alone. I'm excited to be a part of it. Oh my gosh, Macy, we are so excited that you were a part of it. I've always been so curious about those vacuums. Like I didn't actually, I didn't really know it was like a little plunger that like pulled. I For some reason, I just thought maybe like they put it like around the whole bottom part of you and it just like sucked or something. I didn't realize it like sucked on the baby's head. <laughs> oh my I don't know. I mean, I never really looked into it. But, you know, when you think about it, that's where my mind went. I totally get waiting for a gender when you've had one of both. I couldn't imagine having... Like if you had two boys and like you really wanted a girl, like I can't imagine just waiting to know. But I think if you had one of each, you could be like, okay, well, whatever it is, like I have hand-me-downs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but she's right. That's a long nine months of like not knowing. And I'm sure the fear of going in, she's right. You know, if you really don't want to know, it would be so easy. And I know they've done this a million times, but to be like an, a nurse or a doctor and like let it slip on accident. Yeah. And then just ruin it for that person. Like you'd have to be so on your toes all the time. Yeah. Just to say like he's doing good or she's fine. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that but, her kids named him George. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. It's so cute. I was wondering. I was like, I wonder if it's a girl and they named her like Georgie or something. <laughs> Oh my like God. I was like, that would be really cute. That's what I kept thinking the whole time. That would be so I wonder cute. if she's named Georgie. Oh, <laughs> uh, which actually is a really cute name, or Georgia, or something like that. Oh, I love Georgia. Georgia is really cute. Well, these are so fun. So fun. Like they just put like a huge smile on my face, even though the first one obviously was like way dramatic. It still is so exciting. Like Macy said, that we're just like 
all moms like in this together and like life is hard and we're all sharing our stories. I mean, you know, Macy and Stephanie called in and shared their stories the same way Jade and I share our stories every single week. So these are going to be so fun to keep doing because I know that like we're going to get so many different types of birth stories and so many types of moms out there. Well, oh, one thing I did want to say that kind of made me sad is that Macy said, you know, that um, she was induced and, you know, lots of moms like don't think induction is good. And one thing that makes me sad is I, I really felt that way too. Cause I was induced, I was supposed to be induced with both, but Bella broke my water before the morning I was supposed to be induced. Um, And then I was induced with Charlie. And it makes me sad that she would even feel like she had to say that. And I totally understand because I said that, like, I know that like, you know, I know lots of moms don't agree with epidurals or I know lots of moms don't agree with inductions. And it makes me sad that we as moms like have to even say that. I think that you know what's best for you. You know what's best for your baby. And you don't need to even feel bad about any of it. Yeah. You know, it, I was thinking when she was saying that, I was like, God, that's so sad that she feels like she has to say that. I feel like that a lot. And I think it comes from this new like mom shame thing that happens on social media. And it makes me sad. That's what I wanted to say. And I think that, yeah, moms, you just do you because you know best. I mean, everyone's journey is different. And so different. I know I keep talking about my sister. People are going to be like, can this girl shut up about her sister? But she ended up having an emergency C-section. And I think what's not talked about a lot is that women who have C-sections might feel this kind of sense of, I didn't do it the right way or I did it differently. And my sister's not really an overly sensitive or dramatic person. And I think she kind of feels that like, I didn't do it how my friends all did it or whatever. And I think we just need to stop judging people who choose a different route because sometimes someone has no other choice. I totally a million percent agree. I just I really think that everybody, every mom out there really knows what's best for them. And whatever their story is, I feel like really was just kind of meant to be your story. And that's what makes this whole thing so cool is that everybody does have such a different story. And we can come on here and and tell those and hopefully not be judged for it. That's what this whole podcast is about. It's a non-judgmental zone. Yeah, this is really cool. And I'm excited to hear more of these. You guys, please call in 844-844-MOMS. And when you call in, please also leave your email because that is how we can really, really connect to you. So please call in, leave us your birth stories. We want to hear from you. Yes, (laughs) you, person that's sitting there thinking, me? Yes, I'm talking to you. Call in leave us your birth story, please. And you guys also thank you so much for listening. We really love you. We appreciate it. We feel so lucky and blessed to be in this mom community with you. And um, also, if you have not left us a five-star rating review, please do that. And please tell your friends about Mommy's Tell All because Honestly, it just uh, expands our little mommy group here. All right. Well, you guys, we are off next week. And then Jade and Tanner will be doing a fun episode for you at the very beginning of January. And then Jade and I will be back together after that. So we will see you soon. And Carly, thank you for letting me crush the podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.